Dateline, 23rd of March, 2014. Well, g'day, folks, and welcome back to the Australia Desk for episode 292. And, yes, of course, that's not Grant McCarran here. He's off sick this week, so we've dragged back in at very short notice our Western Australian correspondent, Ben Jones. How are you, Jonesy? I'm very good, Steve. How are you? I'm very good now. Of course, you're over there in Perth on the other side of the country from me, and it is, at the moment, the centre of the Australian universe when it comes to aviation. There seems to be all sorts of interesting movements going on there because uh, that's basically where all the aircraft are staging from in the never-ending search, it seems, for missing Malaysia Airlines Flight uh, 370. Yeah, it certainly seems to be the uh, centre of the uh, media world. Yes, the, the, i tell you what now, how come we're not getting good media rides? I've seen, of course, the the Air Force, our Air Force and the Kiwi Air Force are operating a uh, bunch of uh, P3 Orions out to the search area, and it seems like all the uh, the lesser traditional media are getting on those aircraft, and we're not. Yeah, it's unfortunate about that, but um, good luck to them, because uh, sitting and Looking out the window for 10 to 12 hours on a Orion is not very fun. I've done it once before, and it's yeah, it's it's not all it's cracked up to be. Yeah, of course. Now, mate, they're staging there out of RAF Base Pierce, which is uh, just north of the city of Perth, if uh, memory serves. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. It's about uh, 45 kilometres from the uh, central business district or the, the actual city of Perth itself. And, uh, you know, they, they see these aircraft coming in there. Of course, we're operating Orions, but uh, what do they normally use that base for? Uh, predominantly, the base is a training base, so we have our PC-9s. Uh, we have the lead-in Hawk jet trainers and also the Singaporean Air Force are using, I believe, their PC-21s now to do their ab initio training also. So we've got, uh, according to the Australian Maritime Safety Authority, who's coordinating the search out way out to the uh, southwest of Perth, and we're talking about 2,500 kilometres, we believe three P-3 Orions from the Royal Australian Air Force and uh, a P-3K-2 Orion from the Royal New Zealand Air Force. There's also a P-8 Poseidon from the US Navy that's operating. I don't think that's operating out of Pierce, though. I'm not sure where that's staging out of. And uh, I know the Indians are operating a P-8, but I think that's coming out of Malaysia as well. They've also got uh, some civil aircraft coming out of there, a Global Express, a Gulfstream 5 and a, uh, an Airbus 319. And uh, Jonesy, if that's the 319 I'm thinking of, it's probably the one that normally goes down to the uh, South Pole. So uh, I'd say that's got uh, quite a lot of endurance on that one. Yeah, that aircraft certainly has a, uh, a lot of uh, reserve fuel reserves for uh, that kind of flying in case of weather. If you get out there to RAF Base Pierce, just from an airplane geek's point of view, is there, there you know many vantage points for uh, plane spotting? I imagine uh, with all this activity there, in fact, I believe even the Chinese have been uh, taking some aircraft out there. Um, you know that would make some uh, great plane spotting opportunities, I'm sure. Uh, there probably is a couple of vantage points around the base to uh, see the movements, but uh, I guarantee you people are hurried along very quickly. Yeah, it's interesting. You're talking about the Chinese uh, aircraft that was coming in uh, this week. Um, a link that you sent me actually, uh, an interesting story that's not exactly confirmed. Um, on first read, um, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. It appears as though this uh, Chinese IL-76 aircraft uh, was inbound for RAF Base Pierce and ended up landing at uh, Perth in. International Airport. Now, the inference of that article would have you believe, I guess, that um, it landed there by mistake. I find that a little hard to believe, but uh, I think we probably come up with a more plausible explanation for why that might have happened. Yes, I've only ever seen that news report from the uh, the one source, and it hasn't been confirmed. But uh, most likely, it had to drop into Perth Airport so the crew could clear customs before uh, hopping back in the aircraft and doing a uh, eight minute hop up to Pierce and uh, starting their duties from there. Yeah, well, there you go now. And talking about plane spotting, I know that uh, Perth International Airport, uh, they've actually got a very good area there for watching planes, so that would have been uh, quite a sight for uh, those that were out there with their cameras at the ready. Yes, they uh, about a year and a half ago, they um, finished the construction of a ob- observatory platform on the uh, western side of the airport, um, just beside the highway. And uh, the facilities are really, really nice. And you uh, get up on an elevated area and uh, look out over the uh, apron. It's um, really nice to go and have a look at. If we sent you 
you out to the uh, airport ob- observation area there on an assignment, uh, how many hours or days would I need to leave you there for to get a, you know, a, pr- a proper report? To be very thorough in the report, I think I'd be out there for a couple of days straight, Steve. Oh, no worries. I can send you out with a cut lunch and two bottles of water. How's that sound? That sounds great to me. Now, uh, you're also into the uh, the home building and all that sort of stuff, so you're all up with things like airworthiness directives or ADs, dreaded things, I guess, all around the world when it comes to civil aviation, but they're always with a reason. And uh, the Civil Aviation Authority has recently issued some ADs uh, relating to uh, vintage Tiger Moth aircraft. Um, a lot of that fleet's been grounded recently over safety concerns. Yeah, Steve, we had a uh, Tiger Moth, unfortunately, uh, crash uh, late last year, and uh, the ensuing investigation has realised that there could be some uh, faults with uh, fuselage tie rods in the uh, Tiger Moth fleet. So this uh, airworthiness directive basically grounded all Tiger Moths instantly on the spot from doing aerobatics, and they had uh, up to 10 hours to do these mandatory checks of these uh, fuselage tie rods. Now, the fuselage tie rods in the Tiger Moth pretty much tie the two wings to the centre section and carry any load forces through from one wing through the fuselage to the other wing. So it's a uh, fairly major structural part of the aircraft. They are periodically replaced every 2,000 hours in the aircraft. So a lot of the fittings that have failed uh, are not, you know, 80 years old, but Still, uh, an old aircraft doing aerobatics, you need to maintain and check a couple of things, you know, routinely. So that's why they have these checks every 2,000 hours on the tie rods. And it's interesting here, reading a bit further down this uh, article, that they actually uh, found uh, some evidence uh, linking these tie rods and making them, uh, you know, go down this path of investigation uh, by uh, evidence collected from a video camera that was on board the uh, the aircraft that unfortunately crashed. Uh, the plane's left wing had failed uh, one minute into a manoeuvre. At the end of this article, it mentions that the, the lateral tie rods that failed in the accident aircraft craft were fitted as newly manufactured items in 2006 and uh, had about 1300 hours of uh, service life uh, on them at the time of the crash. You know, it's funny, um, I look at those aircraft and as much as I love flying them, I, I've never been up in a Tiger Moth. I don't know whether you have or anything of that vintage, but um, I don't know, it just doesn't do it for me, unfortunately. Yes, I'm actually uh, well, I'm actually uh, endorsed on the Tiger Moth to fly it as pilot in command and um, I'm uh, against doing aerobatic flights in old vintage aircraft. The aircraft are old, they're well maintained so there's no issues, but why push the limits when you don't have to? Yes, well, uh, I don't know. My local airfield, uh, about uh, 20 minutes from me, has a Tiger Moth down there periodically doing joy flights, and maybe I should get them to take me up for an experience one day. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be brave enough, but then again, I might even be able to be brave enough to take a ride in one of Grant's balloons one of these days. I'd go the Tiger Moth first. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, mate, well, I think that's everything we've got this week. Now, uh, of course, Grant did uh, compile a heap of notes here, and, of course, as usual, the top of the list is full of Qantas stuff, but we always talk about that. So let's just give Qantas a rest this week. Uh, I don't think there's any Qantas news you wanted to talk about, was there? Uh, not particularly, not this week. Okay, fantastic. Well, that's Grant's pet subject, so we'll hope that he's back off his sick bed next week. So until then, uh, I'm Steve Vischer, Ben Jones. Thanks very much for joining us again, mate. No worries, Steve. Cheers, mate.